Once again in this session of metta to make sure that your body is comfortable. And as I said before, even if you're used to sitting on a cushion or on a bench on the floor, you may need to in this session move to a chair, feeling very free to stand up at any point. In our usual practice, we're learning about pain, learning how to work skillfully with pain. It's one aspect of shamatha vipassana. And in metta practice, we're doing something different. We are cultivating the seed of loving-kindness within. As I said before, pulling out the goodness that is there already. In the practice of loving-kindness, we are beginning with ourselves and then systematically moving through a variety of categories, ever-expanding until we include all beings without exception. And so how we're going to practice in this sitting is to begin with a category of being called the benefactor, and I'll explain that in a moment. And then halfway through the sitting, move to ourselves once again. And as we move through the week of metta, we'll be including other categories as well. So today, focusing on the benefactor and then on oneself. Just the initial reminder around moving. One wants to move if there is a great deal of pain and discomfort, just to see if you can move mindfully and quietly so that you don't disturb others. If there is the desire to move because of itchiness or restlessness, see if you can stay very still, very quiet, very calm. Relaxing the body, softening the eyes, relaxing the eyes, relaxing the area around the eyes, behind the eyes, When the eyes are tight and tense, oftentimes we can notice that an excess degree of thinking, proliferation is occurring. So very helpful to simply soften the eyes, relaxing the face, relaxing the facial muscles, allowing the face to drop. Allowing for openness, softness, vulnerability. No need to present oneself in any particular way. No need to be seen by others in any particular way. 
no need to be seen by oneself in any particular way, dropping the desire to present, the defense of presentation, and allowing for a softness in the facial muscles, letting the shoulders drop and loosen, hang free, relaxing the chest area, softening the chest area, allowing the chest area to receive, to be receptive. Softening the diaphragm, the stomach, the belly, the lower abdomen in particular. And just resting within this body, aware of sitting and aware of resting, relaxed and at ease as much as is possible, not in any kind of idealized way, perfect way, but just as much as is possible. Remembering the phrases that we worked with a couple of days ago, beginning to extend loving-kindness towards a benefactor in your life. We do learn about loving-kindness in areas where there already is some degree of loving-kindness. So in working with a benefactor, we're working with our strength, Always in practice, we work with what is strong already, and then we expand into areas that aren't so strong. And so this is where working with a benefactor is necessary, is essential. Building upon our strength. When we choose a benefactor, we choose someone from whom We feel love as well as for whom we love. A benefactor is someone whom we love and respect, have affection for. It's also someone that we feel loved by, accepted by, respected by, perhaps seen by, visible to. someone with whom we feel some degree of unconditionality. And so to reflect, to take a few moments to think about whom your benefactor might be. This could be a mentor in your life, a teacher, a guide. It could be a relative It could be an extremely good friend. Sometimes it's someone who is older than you, although that doesn't really matter. Sometimes it's someone who is younger. Sometimes it's easiest to feel loving kindness towards a child in our lives. So this could be our benefactor as well. The criteria for the benefactor 
is the easiest person to feel loving kindness for. So we don't want to choose someone who's complex to us. We don't want to choose someone whom we feel we should feel loving kindness towards, should be cultivating loving kindness towards. But instead, someone with whom there is an easiness and ease, perhaps a spontaneous feeling of affection, spontaneous feeling of gratitude and appreciation. So we don't want to choose someone with whom there's a, a quote, love-hate relationship with. Not to choose out of obligation. Not to choose an obligatory, duty-bound relationship. Not to choose someone who is telling us that we should try to love them more. Seeing if you can Choose someone who is easy for you. Sometimes this person immediately comes to mind and it's very clear and we don't need to reflect. We don't need to think about it at all. It's very simple, very clear. Other times it isn't. It's a little more difficult to choose a benefactor that's suitable. If there isn't anyone who immediately comes to mind, It's fine to choose someone who has inspired you in your life. Perhaps a teacher from afar who has inspired you through their being or through their presence or even through their writings. Again, remember, simplicity, ease. The easiest person possible. Sometimes... In terms of ease, the choice needs to be out of the human being realm. All human beings are complex on some level for us, perhaps. And if this is so, it's fine to choose any sentient being. It's fine to choose a a dog or an animal or someone you have felt, some being you felt a great deal of affection for. I've known people who have chosen plants, and that's fine, or a flower, beautiful flower. I knew one person who actually chose a stone. So, an un, perhaps an unsentient being, but who knows? <laughs> it worked, and that's all that matters. We're very practical in these things. <laughs> so, don't be idealistic. Be practical. Choose whatever, whatever, whatever is easiest for you. Sometimes the question arises, can I choose someone who has been my benefactor that is no longer living, that has died, either recently or a long time ago? The practice of loving-kindness is very creative, very healing, and so it is a good idea to send metta to someone who has been our benefactor, who has died. But in the practice of loving-kindness, in the way that we're doing it in this kind of systematic way, our intent is to encourage a deep sense of of joy, of loving-kindness, of happiness, of ease, 
Oftentimes when we think of someone who has been wonderful to us, who has been a true benefactor that we're grateful towards, and we can't be with them any longer, we've lost them, sadness and grief arise. And so although, as I said, it's wonderful to send metta to this person, in this context it's a good idea not to. or the intent, reason, purpose of of this session of loving-kindness practice. We don't want to encourage sadness and grief that we then will need to work with, but instead to make it an easier process for oneself. Again, to build on one's strength. So to choose someone where it is going to be strengthening rather than enervating. In working with the benefactor and sending loving kindness to the benefactor, we do bump into the question of love versus attachment. It's inevitable that we bump into this question oftentimes. And in our practice of of life, of loving kindness, of practice in general, we're encouraging more love and less attachment. We may see in our relationships there's more attachment and less love. At times we may see that there's an even, even match between the two. And remembering loving-kindness leading to everything wholesome and benign and happiness-producing, attachment leading to suffering and difficulty and a greater degree of, of angst, of misery. And yet we need to work with attachment, not just pretend it's not there. The Buddha said, loving-kindness has the characteristic of promoting the aspect of welfare. Its function is to prefer welfare. It is manifested as the removal of annoyance. Its proximate cause is seeing lovableness in beings. It succeeds when it makes ill will subside, and it fails when it produces self-centered affection. In the definition of loving-kindness, the Buddha described loving-kindness as being the warmth and friendliness, inner softness, inner availability, that which is unconditioned affection. He talked about the opposite being ill-will, and he talked about this concept called the near enemy, of loving-kindness. The near enemy is that which looks like loving-kindness but isn't. It's what we may conventionally have learned about what loving-kindness is.
The near enemy is conditioned love. It's negotiation. I'll love you if you do what I say. It's possessiveness, sense of expectation, wanting something in return. The near enemy is enmeshed with wanting and with owning, with possessing, with personal gain. The point of seeing the near enemy is to be able to nurture that which is happiness-producing, lay aside the rest. So we see what to nurture and we see what to let go of. We nurture loving-kindness and we let go of attachment, clinging, expectations, possessiveness, Part of working with the benefactor sometimes is seeing this very clearly. It's part of it. It's not that it shouldn't be occurring. So simply to be aware of this as you extend loving kindness to your benefactor right here and right now, beginning with the phrases one at a time. May you live in safety. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you be fully at ease. Sometimes it helps in terms of connection, stability, steadiness to form a picture of this person. It's absolutely not necessary to do so. Some of us find it easier to do so, and others of us don't. But find a way to connect with this specific, particular person. Extending loving kindness in a wholehearted way to this person. Each time ennobling one's own heart at the same time as we're sending loving-kindness to someone that we enjoy sending loving-kindness to. So be in touch with the luxury of this, of having nothing other to do right now than to send thoughts of loving-kindness and gratitude and appreciation to someone that we do have kind feelings towards already. There is the gentle caution to stay with the essence of loving kindness, stay with the phrases themselves, rather than veering off into thinking too much about your particular relationship with this person. We might begin to think in a completely benign wonderful way, and if we think too much about anything, problems develop. (laughs) We start in a conditioned way with some degree of of lack or deprivation or fault-finding. tends to be inevitable. So stay out of the story. Stay out of messing around in the relationship. And see if you can simply, in a very clear way, 
stay connected to this person. May you live in safety. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you be fully at ease. You don't need to assess or evaluate or measure how much happiness you think this person has or needs or should have. Just with complete unhesitating abandon over and over again wishing this person well over and over again connecting touching enjoying wishing this person well Notice if anything softens in the body. And just take note of this. It's not to assess yourself in any way. If you have a a great person in mind and you just feel kind of dry right now, not to worry about it. Not to see it as a reflection of yourself. Not to define yourself by your feelings. But instead, over and over again, The intention is what matters. So get behind your intention. Very gently, very slowly, not hurrying. May you live in safety. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you be fully at ease. Mind moves away into thoughts that have nothing to do with the subject whatsoever. Very gently, and yet quite clearly. Not pausing to continue with the thinking. Be with the phrases once again. Coming back to the phrases over and over again with the spirit of loving kindness. Each time forgiving the wandering mind, the mind that's become distracted and has forgotten the point of things.
last minute or two with the benefactor. May you live in safety. May you have mental happiness. May you have physical happiness. May you be fully at ease. Wholehearted for these last couple of minutes. Reconnecting if you've lost the connection. Now beginning to shift and to extend loving-kindness toward yourself. And again, you can use the pronoun I or you when extending loving-kindness toward yourself. May I live in safety. May I have mental happiness. May I have physical happiness. May I be fully at ease. If you can practice with earnestness, with wholeheartedness, Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.